Thanks so much, Vin, for coming on. Welcome to Pixel What You Preach. So I kind of want to hear about, you know, what you do and, you know, what Fee Games is about. Well, Fee Games is um, it's a small studio, um, all remote based, and we focus on um, just making cool games. And I day-to-day do um, VFX and animation, mm-hmm. most of some rigging stuff. Um, but um, at the moment, we're kind of not really making actual games at the moment we're doing like contract work yeah. with a company called um, keepsake games and that started about two or three months ago and they're working on a like a space game kind of like um, a persistent world where it's like multiplayer and just like take over planets and stuff it's very early stages that's cool um but yeah it's been quite good um and before three games i was um working improbable as you know because she was yeah. also working there for a while I was, I was um, also <laughs> very interesting place um i did learn a lot um, and it did um, quickly mature me and open my eyes to the good aspects, the chaotic aspects, and the bad aspects to game development. Because before that, I was kind of um, just doing freelance work, like just randomly doing stuff. I think. So you were an first. animator and a VFX artist, weren't you, as well? Just yeah. Yeah, I've done all my um, gaming career. I've not really um, had the desire, or I've probably not even the ability to like branch out into other aspects of game development. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah so you started your career um so you, you studied at huddersfield university that's no correct. no that was, that was, was teesside teesside university oh teesside, teesside. in middlesbrough okay. so i think oh, okay. got the confusion yeah middlesbrough yeah um and then you got a job at improbable and mm-hmm. what was your title though oh i was um when i very first started improbable um i was just known as the an artist i was working with, with a guy called Gennaro. And he was okay. also an artist because this the game side of improbable when i started there it was very very small didn't have actually have a developed like as an established gaming area yeah. to the company um but over the course of the five years i was working there i merged well like evolved into becoming being an animator under the guidance of a guy called Cy jakes and mm-hmm. shout out to Cy. he saved me um, from going crazy and quitting <laughs> um very very frequently while i was working there um very good mental then- and uh, yeah, like size also, like I also mm-hmm. work with him as well. So yeah. you were saying like earlier, it is really hard to kind of get into the industry and it's like, it feels like this extra layer to get in. Yeah. How did you get your first job? Do you feel like it was, oh, so, was it a good portfolio? So I'll, I'm not looking forward to answering this question because I do honestly believe it was 60 to 7% luck. Yeah. Like it was a high percentage of luck. Um, and I don't know if there's an actual traditional way to get into the games industry. Like the path to becoming a bricklayer or the path to becoming a librarian or the path to becoming a teacher, like it's very established. You know yeah. what things you need to do. Mm-hmm. But to be a game developer, it feels it's it feels so haphazard and like unstructured in the way you do it. Mm-hmm. The, the, I think most people who do it and manage to get into the industry, they always feel way more lucky than they actually are because it does feel like there's such a huge element of luck to it. Mm. And maybe it's different now because um, I graduated from uni about 10 or 11 years ago. It might be more um, streamlined and effective or universities might have different gaming um, like courses and stuff. But um, it did feel like it was a huge, huge chunk of luck that happened. And I just mm. ended up at this com- uh, this company that was also the company itself in Probable when I first started there. They was very, very young. Um, they only been around for like two or three years. And it all just felt very chaotic. Like um, 
I don't know. I can't really explain it. I've not really got a good answer for that question because I don't actually understand how it happened. Properly. So did you see it advertised and then you're like, oh, this is like a, an artist job or no, did my you know? Gennaro, he was at the same university as me and he was working right. there for about, I don't know, about a year maybe. And he put my name forward along with loads of other people. And I went down to, awesome. for an interview. I was living in Mansfield at my mum's house and I went, traveled down to London, about 110 miles. Bought my friend's um, black skinny jeans because mine were a bit, ge uh, bit green. Oh, tainted. skinny jeans, you're millennial. Like, like, yeah, it was like that long ago. <laughs> uh, went to the interview, was very nervous. Never been to London before. Never used the tube system. All these crazy things. Went to the interview for about an hour, two hours long. Then it felt like it went well, but I didn't know. Um, then I went back home and got a reply about a week later, offering me the job. Amazing. And that was the first time I moved away from my hometown. Well, apart from going to university, but it wasn't like actually really moving away from my hometown mm -hmm. and like uh, having my first job in the industry. So like, I think that's a really good point as well to say like networking is key. And mm. I reckon know, that's more true in this industry than any other because I, I, I would say like, so. Just hard to get um, just merit alone. Or, it's, or. it's like as well, like, you know, the people you go to uni with, like, they get jobs and, and they put you forward. And yeah. I think as well to kind of like add on to this as well, like I worked in Probable and then my contract ended earlier mm. than I thought it would. And uh, somebody I worked with at Improbable put me forward for a job at Sony PlayStation in London. And if I hadn't worked in Probable, had I had met this person, uh, you know, shout out to Matt Burkett Smith for doing that for yep. me. You know, you're awesome. And the legend. Yeah. And I think this is kind of the thing, like it does feel a bit culty because you can start a new company and then you see somebody, you know, and then somebody knows that person. Mm -hmm. um, so like you worked in Probable for quite a few years, you, you know, you honed in on your skills and your craft. And then how did it come about you, you know, going to work for Fear Games because you had, you know, you, you launched a game, like, well done, like, you did recompile. Like, yeah, so... Looks incredible. I met, I met Fee because he was also um, doing some contract work with a company called Spilt Milk, and they were mm -hmm. currently using the technology that uh, Improbable, was, Improbable was developing, the um, server-side technology for having thousands or tens of thousands of people in the same server in a connected world. And, that's and they, they actually met. worked in the studio as well, didn't they? Yeah, they were on site, and I was yep. doing VFX support for Spilt Milk, uh, for, like, um, the top-down space game that was making and i actually can't actually explain how it happened because i don't know what fee did after that contract <laughs> and but i think he showed me a demo of recompile in the very early stages is um with the gray box um level in unity of like a very simple character doing some very simple stuff with like level loading and level saving progression and a very simple enemy ai stuff and he was just showing it to me. I don't know if he was trying to poach me or if he just wanted to show me it because he just like wanted to talk to me. And I saw it and I was like, this is pretty cool. It'd be cool if I could do some animation work and some VFX work on it for you. I was just in my spare time over the course of like two or three, maybe six months when I was good, like at home. Like when yeah. I came up from the Pro Bowl, I'd do like three or four hours at home on this demo. And then it featured a tweet of the progress like going from a gray box, it was a gift, like going from gray box, like doing some stuff now under like a quick edit, to like the extra stuff I put in the game. Yeah. And it got like 12,000 likes and it went super viral. And then like from there, like I was kind of thinking of leaving Improbable anyway, because like it was kind of harsh. It was very um, 
not chaotic, but very... Just time for you to move was, on. It, and yeah, it was time for you to move on. It was a very yeah. intense environment, and the company was evolving so fast that stuff was changing quicker than I could cope with. Mm. But the company was a startup and very successful, and the stuff they were doing was very relevant. But, like, after being there for, like, five years, I did feel, not that I stagnated, but, like, I needed a change. And yeah. this yeah. gift that Fee shared on Twitter had all these likes and Fee also was in the same kind of place I was in, not at the same company, but in like this personality but how I personally felt in his um like career. I felt like he wanted to do his own thing. Yeah. And yeah, that tweet, it kind of gave me like like one percent of some sort of hope that I could do something else and like there is light at yeah. the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that bleak, but it was kind of um it had that kind of vibe. And yeah, we released Recompile and then off the back of Recompile like five or six companies have like wanted to work with us and like we thought should we do our own thing or do some contract work and like we didn't know which one to do but mm. it turned out like it's good to have a choice so we decided to um do quite a few contracts to um so we can nurture our own um, next project a bit more in a relaxed way not like yeah. try and get it as fast as possible to pay your bills and stuff well we can do contract work to earn money but then nurture but our own project it's like I think like a lot of people that kind of don't make games, this is like a really good point. So you've worked on Recompile, you know, you're a small team, you got that published, which is an incredible achievement. Mm -hmm. And then that got attention from, you know, other people and you're getting contract work in to feed your company, which is a business. And yeah. then, you know, you can make your next game when you're ready. And yeah that's sometimes what you've got to do. Like it is a business at the end of the day, as much yep. as we all like love games, you know, that's like a really good yeah. business model to do. That's, I think that's the thing where a lot of young people can get like, um, stung because they see games as a product. that's an entertainment thing. And like, it's got all these like clouds and rainbows and happy, like it's like you're making a game and it's all cool. And yeah. stuff. But at the end of the day, every games company has to make money. Yeah. And that's where the, um, the, not the culture shock, but the, um, realization comes that it's not all, fun and literal games it's you have to make money and yeah it can be quite harsh when things that go right uh, so and like i say i do feel quite lucky that, um but it's like you say it's it's networking like releasing a successful yeah. game not like a commercially successful game but like it's the game that m meets criteria that the publisher is happy with and it can do things it needs to do as in a business sense not as a creative piece of work but like just as a business sense that opens like way more doors and it, it, you become you are seen as um, less of a risk, so more people want to work with you. And then if you yeah. do work with those people, like it multiplies. But in other ways, it can like multiply negatively. If, if it's a failed first game, then probably people don't want to touch you with a 10-foot barge ball. So it can be quite scary. Yeah. Really and can. then on Recompile, it was quite a small team. How, mm -hmm. how many people were on the team? Um, About, I think it was about seven people. But... um. A couple of those people were contractors. So there's me, Fee, a guy called Richard, who was a sound guy. He's now working at Bethesda. Faye Sims, she was the narrative designer. Um, Paul did some UI stuff and ASCII art, like, doing like, yeah, like all the code stuff. Um, we had a couple of level designers and like some marketing people. The marketing people, like, more like on the publisher side. And also the publisher we worked with, um, Plugin Digital, they were. A young company as well. I think they've been around for like three or four years, and they're going through a rebrand. And like, yeah, it was kind of chaotic. Like everyone, it was all like very um, 
it wasn't like taxing, but it was there was a lot of chaos. But it wasn't like bad. But it was it wasn't like a very structured mm. development cycle kind of thing. But it well, all worked out. It was I guess you were cool. both taking risks on each other because you were like in yeah. the company. There yeah, there's a mutual show. trust for sure. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um. Yeah. So, what would you know your dream? be in the future you know like you're doing your contract work and then you're going to be working on your next project is there anything that you're like i really want to do this is like a particular projects you know that you want to do like you know what's your hopes i want to make um and you don't need to give anything away <laughs> in case I, it is potentially make... nda no it is, yeah um what if it's like a break it kind of i think i don't know um but i want to make my own like um survival multiplayer game something to do with robots set in like a big world but yeah. like in a like a set in like a studio ghibli kind of art style but like it involves robots and like self-preservation and stuff probably kind of cool to explore yeah would it have your famous vin run cycle because probably yeah you probably. you have this like <laughs> i don't know i don't know how or why it's all about the hips but, i'm not trying to be funny it's about you, the hips you have <laughs> like vin has this like run cycle and it's so strong mm. it's almost like athletic but i love it that's like so i um he taught me so many like the things i taught me were so very simple and fundamental but like it's so obvious and necessary to get into any run cycle and i can't really explain what it is but because of his influence and his teachings like opening my eyes to how to do proper looped animations like a walk cycle a run cycle any kind of organic looping cycle like it, it comes through in the work and that's why probably why it's so like recognizable each time yeah and i think like you it's also like a really good point of having like mentors because mm. it's like when you started out you you know you said you had this this eye and you know he's he's taught you like some fundamental things and he's also like helped you on like an emotional level mm. hell and, yeah and, and supportive and you know like i've also met mentors along my journey and I've got different mentors that ask for different things mm. and i think it's so important having sort of you know like a support system around you mm. because um you know they can help you get to that next salary bracket uh, they can you know teach you things on sort of like you know um a professional level and you know like even just be like oh, i'm having a bad day do you want to brew mm. you know like I, I think that's like really important yeah i don't know if like it's a thing in every industry where like, you need emotional support day to day. I don't know if that's the thing or if it's just the games industry, but like without that kind of help, like the human side of working with other people, I think that's more important than the actual um, output of a person. Because if the person isn't psychologically healthy and they're struggling in some way, you can't possibly expect them to do good work. Like it's not a thing. And if you ask uh, them to do yeah. good work, almost um it's almost an assault on their person because like how can you expect them to do that yeah and, like, I, being nice to each other yeah. is very very important i think it's the most important thing I, I i think a lot of it is i don't know like art is so personal like in games is so personal because yeah, mixing art in a business model like that's uh, they're two sides yeah. of a different coin yeah but the same coin and like yeah it's rough like if you, you can't can, handle yeah. it or if it's your first job and you don't know what's kicking off and like you're trying to do the best work but you're stressed out about doing so, then something's got to suffer. Either work or your health. Yeah. And most of the time, it's both. And then it's just a very sticky 
situation to be in. And I think, like really you know, if, if you're starting out as well, like it's really easy to kind of you don't be know exploited what's like. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know what's kicking off. You're just a rabbit in the headlights. And some of these like ruthless business types can see that and you just get absorbed as a intern or like a junior oh, God, exploited yeah. and then just spat out again and like i, uh, I don't know what that even means is like um, no an it's industry. crazy I, I did um an internship in london when i first started out and they basically had a conveyor belt of interns and this was before the law was like you have to pay a minimum wage mm. And um, I was literally stopping on a friend's air mattress that had a puncture. So every time I went to sleep, it like saw Yeah. And nice. then I'd been working there two weeks and I was just like, uh, you know, I said to my superiors, like, can, can they can they pay me? Because I've I've traveled from London from Preston. Mm. Um you know, like I'm eating into like my savings. And I was there for like a month without any money. Yeah. And I I traveled up and everything. And, you know, like when I was leaving, the next intern came in and they just had this space, like this desk that was just the intern churn factory. And they were just taking young creators' ideas and then, you know, going on to the next person. And mm. that company doesn't even exist anymore. Of course it does. It's run by you, Satan by the sounds of it. You can't, you know, it's, I don't know, it's not cool. But um, yeah. well, it comes down to the exploitation aspects. Um, young people are like, um super passionate and they'll like they'll take like a way um crappier deal just to have the say that they can say i'm in the game industry now they think they've made it but they don't realize it might be just be getting used and then dried up and then spat out when they're creatively yeah. ex um, expired which happens fast if you are in those situations often yeah could like do you have any tips for people starting out where they can you know, like do some research to kind of like, oh, this is a good studio. Or would you say like, you know, experience is experience. Or, it's difficult yeah. to know because every studio will have their best face on the internet. Like it'll be all nice website, perfect pictures. Everyone's happy and smiling. Yeah. Like you will never know the true nature of the culture after until you've been there for a week, a month, yeah. a year. Like you don't know until you're there. And if it's a rough place to be, then you're there. Like, like that's what it comes back to what I said about mentors and people who um, can relate and have empathy and like say if they're like, I don't know, they've been in the industry for like 20, 30 years and they're like jaded or whatever, and they see this fresh-faced junior come in about to get munched up by <laughs> the process of development. They can either just not do nothing and not care about them or just actually try and just be yeah. a human about it. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. Like I think it's more important. I think there needs, needs to be like, um, like the more senior you are, I think the more aware you have to be emotionally. Yeah. Because the more junior you are, like you, you're just in there, like you just want to be doing the things and like you're happy to do whatever. Mm -hmm. The senior people can see and like understand what might be happening and what might be around the next three or four hurdles in terms yeah. of like burnout or. Yeah, mental health health issues or all these kind of things like it's and you have to be more proactive i think i do i do think kind of like a really good thing to say is always like generally like people are really really nice in this year. it's always mm. like the one or two bad apples yeah but it's the bad apples at the top of the tree yeah fall for some yeah reason. and um you know it's just kind of like being self-aware of that and you know even if it's not in games even if it's like a, a job like if you 
if you ever don't feel comfortable in a in a work environment, don't stick around to get burnt out or get mm. damaged for the next job. It's, you know, yeah, like you can move that. on. Some people don't have that, like that luxury kind of thing. Oh, they don't. Like some people. I, uh, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, I've, you know, especially when I started out, like I, I worked at some really really toxic companies and. I'd, I'd, I'd go to the bathroom and I'd, I'd be like panicking and you know mm. like having panic attacks and just like not feeling like great at all and you, you don't feel like there is a way out you're like I have to do this because this is how I get the experience to like mm. go through you've also this. like spent five years at uni learning a specific skill for the job you can't just like suddenly become I don't know like a doctor you, just, you can't do it you, you have the skill sets that you have so you have to be in this industry and it's like yeah what do I do? Like, you don't know. You can't be quite no. scary. But, you know, there's, like you said, you know, it's always good to have, like, a support system where you're working and there is always, you know, choices. And I think it's always good to kind of, regardless of your seniority, always be looking out for other jobs, keep mm, your portfolio yeah. fresh. Yeah, don't and, be too dedicated to a company because the company is just a company. Uh, um, like, interestingly enough, like, how I got my job at Improbable. So I working at an architectural company like completely not related to games it was my first london job and i was really into sort of like low poly modeling at the time and i'd made this like campsite and it was quite stylized quite basic and the company laid off a lot of people and i was like dead upset it was my first job in london i was like what am i going to mm. do i have no money and you know, everyone was panicking. I was just like, no, I'm like, I'm getting on this now. And I saw a job at Improbable for a 3D artist and I sent my stuff. And it wasn't of games industry standard at all. And uh, a producer there called Seb picked it up. Seb, another yes. legend. Seb's a good guy too. He's one of the good dudes. He knows and um, he saw my work. And the reason why I got the job was the style fitted a project uh, progress yeah that was that was being worked on mm -hmm. and he could see i wasn't of the standard of an environment artist but he wanted to take a chance on me mm. and he did and i really appreciate that because that kind of got me going in my career because i met you know that person that got that introduced me for Sony, I met people like you, I met people like Sai, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I know the art director improbable, uh, you know, and, and this is this is what happens. And it's been at the right place at the right time. Now, if I would have taken that portfolio at the time and I had applied to Sony, I wouldn't have heard back at all. Mm. And and this is the thing, like you've just you've just got to like take chances and look out and I was without a job for two weeks. Um, the interviews moved quite fast, and I was I was working again within like two three weeks. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I landed on my feet. But you know, like again, it's a privilege you can't sit around. Like mm. I had, you know, like a rental in London. Um, my family's not from London. I had no backup plan. I was like, I got to make this work. And you know, like. You just do what you do, don't you? And mm. it's like if if that had fallen through, like I don't know what I would have done. Like maybe I would have got a job at Pret, or <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Um, yeah, like it does come down to luck, um, but also down to belief. Like and, there's so many things you can't really plan when it yeah. comes to getting into the industry. But when you're in the industry, you have all the ability to plan because you then have you've got a job. You're in the industry. You can learn what you want to do day to day. You can have. You can also have like. Um, 
can do side projects or networking events or doing other stuff that involve like that expands your um your potential for branching out but once yeah. you first got into the industry it does become a lot easier we're getting into the industry is um it's the difficult part is there anything like that you'd want to say to like young Vin starting out like uh, with that's another question that's very good because i don't know what to say because uh, or, to, or to me because i think sometimes when people are like what would you say to yourself you kind of mind block yourself so what would you say to somebody like me or somebody starting out i don't know because every single experience is unique to that person it's not like it, it... see that's still good advice like you, yeah. there isn't a magical way or a, a secret walkthrough like it is it is completely different for everybody, you know. Like my experience, is completely different to your experience. It, it people, just me yeah. as an animator and some other animator, like two animators doing the same thing. Their experience in the industry is different, totally. Like it's not really, there's no, there's not really a um, a formula for it. It's, no, I, I don't know. It, it feels like a very strange industry, very opaque. Like I said earlier, <laughs> it's super strange. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Vin, for coming on. No worries. And, you know, like, I wish you all the best with V Games. And, uh, yeah, just search V Games and then, like, find Vin. And then, mm -hmm. well, actually, you, you named James Marshall on Twitter, aren't you? Yeah. Vin's like a nickname. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thank and, you so much for having me on. Yeah. And remember, guys, it's your adventure. <laughs> yeah, it is. See you soon. <laughs>